Good morning, and welcome to Simply Finance. It's Friday, January 26th. On today's show, are women more effective in sustainable finance than men? Plus, loud budgeting is the TikTok finance trend that pushes back on overspending, and experts love it. And later, mining rig maker Kanan raises $50 million in preferred shares financing. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Finance. We start off with a look at how the COVID-19 pandemic has fundamentally changed the global paradigm, with its impacts felt in nearly every aspect of our lives. One area where this is particularly evident is in the growing interest in social risk and human capital management, as well as the enthusiasm for ESG and socially responsible investing. Interestingly, research studies suggest that women are better investors than their male counterparts in this sector. However, the asset management industry continues to be male-dominated, with a significant gender gap still present. Joining us now to discuss this further is our correspondent from Simply Finance. Indeed, David. Women have shown greater efficiency in fund allocation, favoring a buy-and-hold strategy and making less impulsive and emotional decisions in the stock market. Furthermore, the surge of ESG-driven investments has largely stemmed from women's initiatives. A study by Goldman Sachs revealed that in 2020, European funds managed by female or mixed-gender teams outperformed those led exclusively by men. If women are outperforming men in this sector, why is there still such a significant gender gap? The gender disparity can be traced back to historical societal norms where men dominated all types of work, including finance and asset management. Despite the growing number of women in the sector, it will take time to even out this imbalance. Additionally, the belief that investing is more of a man's job still persists. This, coupled with the lack of female representation in senior management or C-suite positions, can make women feel vulnerable and unsupported in these roles. What can be done to address this issue and promote gender equality within the industry? The solution lies in diversification. Asset management firms should proactively implement measures to enable more women managers to oversee high net worth families, individuals, and foundations. An example of this is the Diversity Project Europe, which aims to build a more inclusive asset management industry across the region. It assists companies in achieving a more gender-balanced workforce and promotes social mobility among all genders. Training programs to address biases and stereotypes related to gender in hiring, promotions, and decision-making processes are also crucial, as is support for women to pursue careers in finance and asset allocation. Considering that by 2025, an estimated 60% of the wealth in the UK will be controlled by women, it seems that the industry would benefit from addressing this gender gap sooner rather than later. Absolutely, David. The sooner companies realize the significance of augmenting the female workforce, the more advantageous it will be for their long-term profitability. Women are not just beneficial for the sector, they are crucial for fortifying and enhancing the resilience of the asset management framework, especially investments related to ESG. Thanks to our Simply Finance correspondent, Michael, for shedding light on the gender gap in the asset management industry. Now, let's shift our focus to a new trend in personal finance that's making waves on social media, loud budgeting. 
This strategy encourages open discussions about money goals and rejects societal pressure to spend. It's a pushback against 2023's quiet luxury trend and is gaining traction among personal finance experts. To discuss this trend in more detail, we have our correspondent from Simply Finance. Can you explain what loud budgeting is and why it's gaining popularity? Certainly, David. Loud budgeting is a financial strategy that involves openly discussing your financial goals and spending decisions with friends and family. It's about making financial decisions that align with your values rather than societal pressure to spend. This level of transparency and accountability can help individuals stick to their budget without feeling guilty or experiencing FOMO, the fear of missing out. It's gaining popularity because it demystifies budgeting, debt repayment and saving and encourages a community approach to financial management. How does this trend manifest on social media platforms like TikTok? On platforms like TikTok, influencers are promoting loud budgeting and offering scripts for different scenarios to help followers stay on track. They're also suggesting financial goals such as opening a high-yield savings account, paying off debt, and maximizing retirement savings. Additionally, social media challenges like No Spend January are encouraging users to only buy necessities for a month and improve their relationship with money. The openness of social media is key in loud budgeting, removing the stigma traditionally associated with financial discussions. What impact does this have on social media's glamorization of overspending? Loud budgeting is pushing back against the culture of lifestyle inflation and overspending, often glamorized on social media. It normalizes sticking to budgets and financial goals without guilt, which can be beneficial for those struggling to keep up with the lifestyles of influencers they see online. It encourages focusing on what truly matters, repairing the emotional roller coaster that can surround budgeting and promoting healthy conversations about money. How can one practice loud budgeting? Practicing loud budgeting involves being mindful of where your money is going and minimizing unnecessary expenses. It doesn't mean you have to forego experiences that are important to you. For instance, if you're planning a night out, you might choose not to drink to save money. Sharing your goals with friends can also help, as they can provide support and cheer you on. However, it's important to note that not everyone will agree with your financial goals, which can make sticking to your plan challenging. Therefore, it's crucial to align your spending with your values and find a supportive community to share your financial journey with. That was Simply Finance correspondent James shedding light on the loud budgeting trend. Thank you for your insights, James. Now let's shift our focus to the crypto industry. Kanan, a crypto mining rig manufacturer, has successfully raised over $50 million through preferred shares financing. The funds are set to be used for research and development, expansion of production scale, and other general corporate purposes. Here to delve deeper into this development is our correspondent from Simply Finance, Bella. So Bella, what can you tell us about this move by Kanan? Well, David, Kanan is a NASDAQ-listed company and a significant player in the crypto mining rig industry. They disclosed in a recent filing that they raised this capital from an institutional investor by issuing and selling up to 125,000 Series A convertible preferred shares. However, the investor's identity has not been disclosed. And how has this news affected Kanan's stock? 
Canaan's stock closed down 6.45% at 1.45 on Thursday, and it has seen a 32.87% decline since the beginning of this month. It's worth noting that in the third quarter of last year, Canaan reported a net loss of $80.1 million, compared to a net income of $6.3 million in the same period of 2022. That's a significant loss. Has Canaan made any other moves recently that might impact its financial situation? Yes, earlier this month, Canaan announced securing follow-on purchase orders for over 17,000 Bitcoin mining machines from Cypher Mining Inc. and Stronghold Digital Mining Inc., both of which are also NASDAQ-listed companies. These orders could potentially offset some of the losses Canaan has experienced. Interesting. We'll have to see how this plays out for Canaan. Thanks for the insights, Bella. Now shifting our focus to China, the country's leaders have initiated a series of new policies this week aimed at bolstering the country's financial markets and reigniting growth in the world's second-largest economy. The measures include supporting lending and spending with billions of dollars of fresh cash, cutting bank reserve requirements, and encouraging banks to lend more to property companies. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent from Simply Finance. Indeed, David. The Chinese economy has been facing challenges, with a collapse in the real estate market being a major factor hindering recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. The economy grew at a 5.2% annual pace in 2023, exceeding the government's target, but most economists are forecasting a slowdown this year and next. This, coupled with a downturn in the real estate market, job losses, and other trials of the pandemic, have left consumers cautious about spending. Why are China's leaders taking action now? The weakening economy and crackdowns on the technology industry, along with disruptions during the pandemic and trade tensions with the U.S., have left foreign investors wary about the business outlook in China. Premier Li Qiang has emphasized the need to stabilize the market and boost confidence. A key priority is ensuring growth is fast enough to generate ample jobs for young workers. The rate of unemployment among young Chinese surged in 2023 to a record of over 21%. What steps is the government taking to address these issues? The central bank will cut the ratio of reserves it holds on behalf of banks by 0.5 percentage points, freeing up an extra 1 trillion yuan or $140 billion in funds. The People's Bank of China has also reduced the interest rate banks charge each other and issued new rules meant to expand access to commercial bank loans for property developers. Until the end of the year, real estate companies will be allowed to use bank loans pledged against commercial properties to repay their other loans and bonds. Why is the property crisis such a significant problem? Several developers defaulted on their debts after the government cracked down on excessive borrowing in the industry. The largest, China Evergrande, is still trying to resolve more than $300 billion in debts. Stalled construction of new homes has hit contractors and suppliers of construction materials and home furnishings, wiping out numerous jobs. Sales of new homes and home prices have been falling, discouraging consumers from spending, since Chinese families tend to have much of their wealth tied up in property. How will these measures affect ordinary people? The moves to put more money into the economy and encourage bank lending might not go far enough, according to many analysts. Economists believe that longer-term reforms, such as creating a better social safety net to enable families to spend rather than saving, 
are needed to sustain strong growth. Too much of the nation's wealth still goes into construction of infrastructure, and uncertainty over policies has discouraged investment in small, private businesses that create the most jobs. That was Simply Finance reporter Abby shedding light on China's efforts to mend its economy and fend off a financial crisis. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Finance. We'll see you back here tomorrow.